There's only one nation, Raider Nation. You're listening to Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. It's Friday night, Southern California. That means it's time for your only Raiders talk show one last time. That, of course, is Silver and Black today. I'm your host, Scott Branson, joined by my co-host. He's back from his summer hiatus Mr. Mo Moten. Mo, here we go, man. Our last show here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN radio, but not the end for us. How you been? How's the summer been? Summer's going pretty well. I, I have a slight tear in my eye, I think. This is the last show on this <laughs> network, and I know I've been absent for, for weeks on end, but uh, the ride has been fun. It, it continues on another network, but Yes, I just appreciate the opportunity to have the airways, share the airways with you all these months. Well, it, it's it's all my pleasure, and and even though you take the summers off like these night, late night uh, talk show hosts who don't work on Friday, no, you've been working. You've just been doing a lot of other stuff, so uh, we appreciate it. We're getting back in the football season, so everybody's I'm sure happy that you're back, so they don't have to hear me all the time just drone on. Uh, but yeah, so so if you missed it, and again we talked about it the last couple weeks. But Mo and I will continue with Silver and Black today. We walk away from the Mightier 1090 on our own. We're incredibly thankful and appreciate so much everything Bill Hagen and Scott Kaplan did to get us on the air in Southern California and to, to, to take our show, which had been on the air in Las Vegas and uh, on our podcast feed as well. So thank you to them. Uh, but we will be now an Odyssey original podcast. So the big radio group Odyssey, we will uh, still have a presence on the radio there with the podcast as well. But the podcast can be three times a week, twice during the week, during the season and the off season. And then during the season, also a post game show. So all you got to do is go subscribe to the show, the podcast feed, whether you get it on Apple, whether you get it on Google, whether you get it on Spotify, if you're already subscribed, you're good. It's all going to just float over and you don't have to do anything. You're just going to get more goodness, more Mo, more Scott, uh, more fun. And um, that's all you got to do. But if you haven't subscribed and you listen here on the Mightier 1090, just do us the favor and go do that. The other thing is you're going to see a lot more video from us, clips, interviews, and things like that as well. So go like our YouTube page, youtube.com slash today. There, no and in the middle, just silver black today. You'll find us there. Subscribe, hit the notifications bell. And anytime we have videos, we'll have shorter videos, interview segments, all that kind of stuff. We'll also have Mo sipping on uh, avocado smoothies in slow motion. So, right, Mo? Didn't you agree to do that? Yeah, got it's in the contract. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But and and, and we're we're gonna have lots of fun. And the, the staff at Odyssey twenty four hundred Sports uh, Podcast Studio there in New York City, who runs the whole network, uh, has just been great. We're gonna have a lot more uh, to uh, just at our disposal to do stuff. So make sure you do that, and we'll move on. But we got Raiders football to talk about, so we're gonna get that. We're certainly excited about the new show and the Odyssey original designation for the podcast. But we got lots to talk about, Mo. Listen, yesterday in Las Vegas, uh, the Raiders got their third president in the course of a year uh, mm-hmm. as they named uh, a Las Vegas native. Yes, Sandra Douglas Morgan, 
former chair of the athletic commission in Las in Nevada, also did work on the Las Vegas Bowl. She's an attorney. She was a city attorney in the city of North Las Vegas. She is the first African-American woman uh, the, in the Raiders to be the Raiders president in the NFL. And she is someone that I'm excited about. And we'll talk about that in, in, in a minute. She's got a lot of work to do, Mo. I mean, I talked about on the radio in Las Vegas yesterday that um, it, 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 with all of the allegations, whether they're true or not, we don't know. I'm going to give Mark Davis the benefit of the doubt until somebody shows me differently. But at the same time, she's got a lot to come into, not only just to get stability in the organization, but to get to the bottom of these allegations, whether they're true or not. Yeah, and she faced it head on during her press conference. She says, no secret that organization has faced some recent challenges, and she's not here to sweep anything under the rug. She says mm-hmm. she's going to face these problems. I'm paraphrasing, of course. She's going to face these problems head on uh, because we all know we've all read the pr- press clippings. We've all read the news and the allegations coming out of the Raiders front office about the uh, workplace hostility. So she acknowledged it, which was a good step forward. It shows that she's not hiding from anything. She's been in a leadership position before. So all the people out there saying, oh, she's not qualified for this position. Ugh. This is a leadership position. And this is what she has. She has experience in that regard. So, you know, let's see what she does and give her a chance. Just because she's a woman, just because of, you know, she doesn't come from the sports realm of things. Doesn't mean she's not equipped to handle the job. No, and and I keep telling people. I tell the, I say this all the time. The NFL is a entertainment business. It's a business. So she's on the business side. She's not saying, "Hey, we got to go sign that tight end." Okay, so she <laughs> the football the football stuff doesn't really have to do. I mean, obviously, she has to understand the football stuff a bit to 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 because it's part of the business. But I will tell you, it was interesting the reaction because I really. Um, knowing that number one, this is a Las Vegas native. She was she was born there. She was raised there. Went to school there. Went to that terrible school up north, University of Nevada, Reno. Uh, but then she got smart and went to UNLV for law school. So, so she's gone through her whole life. She knows the market, and that's the one thing I will tell you. With all due respect to some of the really talented people in the Raiders organization, though. Everyone came from the Bay Area. Nobody understood Las Vegas except for, you know, Napoleon McCallum, who had been there. He's a Las Vegas guy. But everyone else didn't really understand it. It's nice and refreshing, I think, to have somebody in Morgan. She's, she was eight years the city of North Las Vegas as a city attorney there. She also worked uh, as a litigation attorney with the MGM Mirage uh, and MGM Resort. She was on the control, the gaming control board. She served on the Nevada Gaming Commission and the Athletic Commission, right? So this is somebody who knows knows the ins and outs of Las Vegas. But to your point, I said something about how it was refreshing because she was, this is a really talented, talented woman. And people are like, oh, you're virtue signaling. No, I, I listen, I, truth be told, yes, she's the first African-American woman, but that didn't really matter to me because her qualifications to me are amazing. And I know that the, the, the diversity side of it is, means a lot to people and that's fine. But to me, I looked at the qualifications and if I didn't see that she was a black woman, I would have said, this is, this is a really talented individual and this looks like a good hire. You know how it goes nowadays, Scott, everything is racially charged in our society now. And Mm -hmm. like you, I just, when I heard her name, the first thing I did was look at what her qualifications were, what her previous positions were for leadership role. And she's, she's more than qualified for the spot. Now people are going to say, well, we only hire her because of what's going on. And I will say this, it, it certainly helps the Raiders press image to have an African-American woman in that position. 
Now, what better way to kind of allegedly clean up some of the things that allegedly went on than to hire someone, an African-American woman who can see things from a different light than the, you know, prototypical white male perspective, if we're going to be honest. But um, there, there were a lot of things said in, in, that, in those reports about what happened in the workplace. And a lot of those offenses were against women. So it, it makes sense. But at the same time, as I said, two things can be true. The Raiders could have, you know, not could have, but the Raiders definitely look good in the press. But she is also qualified. Let's not overlook that. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that's where and but but I do agree that that hiring for the Raiders to make this hire. And again, I want to make it perfectly clear so people don't take my words and try to do something else with them. This woman has the experience and is incredibly talented and 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 deserves a shot. Okay. At the same time, the fact that they hired a black woman when they're under investigation or they're just currently investigating on their own um, sexual harassment charges against men in the organization, including the owner, uh, you can't lose sight of that. And, and I think you said it to me perfect earlier today, Mo, when you said, you know, you, on Twitter, arguments are either black or white uh, and and you can't have two things be true at the same time. And I think this is a good, good example of qualified person who deserves a shot at it. It's great. They made a good hire. But at the same time, to your point, the fact that she's a woman coming into a situation where they got to investigate this also had to play into the decision. You could be qualified and also be a person that's fit for a certain position at the right time. Right. Time. And I think yes. it's, it's the right person, right time type of type of deal here. Now we're going to talk about this, you know, off the off season, but as you said earlier in the show, she's not the person, you know, saying, hey, we need to trade for this player. We need to sign that player. At the end of the day, the Raiders fans, a lot of fans are going to say, well, what's what's the problem feel look like? She's she's responsible for making sure everything upstairs is is tight. She's running a tight ship there because there are some parallels to Amy Trask, who was the first you know, NFL CEO, woman NFL CEO. So she also had a law background you know and she was also called the glue of the organization during her tenure from 1997 to to 2013 so there are some parallels there and and i and as you said earlier in the show just uh, i know she doesn't come from a sports organization but she does have the leadership skills and that's what the raiders need their their front office needs their front office needs leadership and direction i think she could provide that and, and again, I don't know. There's been so much you know, talked about with with Mark Bidane. Mark Bidane was always good to me, uh, had a good relationship with him. That does not mean I know everything that was going on, clearly. Uh, but Mark Bidane was an inside guy, started off as an intern. We all know that story. Then you had Dan Ventrell, who's with the team forever. So the, the Raiders have always kind of promoted from within. And I think that bringing somebody, quote unquote, from the outside, should not be looked down upon. I think the people out there, I think the fans, if you're a fan out there and you're looking down upon this, I think you're wrong. Now, could you say, hey, well, I'm, I'm uncertain a little bit because I don't know, um, I'm not convinced yet. That's totally fine. Everybody's got to prove themselves and, and I'm sure she'll she'll do her best to do that. But overall, I think for, to your point about the timing, timing is everything. Uh, and again, to me, the most important thing besides her resume and this immense amount of, of business and organizational and legal experience that she's had is the fact that she's a native Las Vegan. There's not many of them. Now it's increasing with the 
the city gotten bigger, but my wife was born and raised in Las Vegas, right? So it's, it was a small club. And going back to when she went to El Dorado High School, where if you're listening in Vegas, you know where that's at and how that neighborhood's changed over time as well. Uh, it's, it's an amazing story. And she knows the market. The Raiders have got to do more. They've done a lot already to their credit. They've got to do more to get the Las Vegas market back to being a full NFL market like they wanted to do before COVID hit. And they got to get the fan base excited. So to have a local, someone that is one of their own there will go a long way for, for that. And I'm, I'm excited to see how it works out. But clearly, the organization needs to stabilize. So we'll see. Uh, I was a little disappointed, Mo. This is the last thing I'll say about it. I was a little disappointed that the Raiders decided to tell the employees, this was in the story that Mick Akers wrote in the Las Vegas Review Journal, uh, about their new boss via uh, an email. Now, wouldn't I would have introduced her and had a staff meeting first before I introduced her to the press. Now, maybe they did and, and, and the information is not accurate. We'll wait and see. But with all the turmoil in the organization, that's how I would have done it. That's how you would have done it. Maybe they, maybe, who, I don't know how it was worked out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not close to the situation, so I'm not going to be critical of it. But I will say this, however it happened, uh, I think it was the right decision. Yeah, no, 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 no bot. I mean, I, I had a couple people that I talked to in the Raiders business office. Uh, and obviously, I don't talk to them a lot about football. I just hear a lot about the state of the organization from them because they work there every day. Uh, and all three of them told me that they are over the moon excited about her. So internally, the decision to hire her is, is a home run. Uh, already with at least the, the small sample size that I got, but these people are in different, very different areas of the business. Um, and, and they are all very excited about it. So that that's to me, really great news uh, for the Raiders. So we'll have to see. Okay. So we're going to switch gears a little bit here, but also announced on Thursday, we saw the semifinalists for the pro football hall of fame, two Raiders on the list, Lester Hayes, Mr. Stickham, of course, a great, great player. And then, Amy Trask, who you just mentioned, who obviously was the first uh, woman CEO of the Raiders under Al Davis and a trendsetter, uh, obviously, in the league herself. Uh, but these two folks will be, are semifinalists, so we'll have to see. Mo, if you had to bet, now the Raiders have had a nice little run with the Hall of Fame in recent years, uh, obviously with Tom Flores and, and Charles Woodson and so on. Um, what do you think, Lester Hayes is a semifinalist, uh, do you think he makes it in? It's tough. He has one all-pro season, five consecutive years as a pro bowler, between 1980 and So he was on two of those Raiders Super Bowl teams. Uh, I've written this a lot. He's one of, I believe, three players, along with J.C. Jackson, who's now with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Most interceptions in the first four years of a player's career at 25. Yeah, 13 wow. in one season. So I, I don't... <laughs> if, you look at, if you're looking at accolades, he may be just short. But I, I, think, I think Amy Trask gets in. Yeah. And I'll say this because the NFL has had a kind of a PR nightmare over the past <laughs> year. Like, let's be honest, Deshaun Watson going through uh, his investigations with, you know, women who accused him of um, sexual assault and misconduct. Then you had Brian Flores found lawsuit because of racial discrimination. So I, I not because of what's going on, but I think it would be great if Amy Trask were to get in at this point. Now, you can't tell the NFL story without her because, as you just mentioned, we both mentioned, first woman to serve as a CEO in the NFL. So that that in itself, it's a, she's in a special category all on her own. So I don't, I don't see how, you know, not I don't see why she doesn't get in, but I, I can see how she does get in. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I I think so too. I mean, uh, again, it, not, you can't take anything away from her what she was able to do and what she did with the Raiders. Uh, I know there were some fans uh, that didn't like her at the time, but boy, I mean, she's beloved by the fan base. Now, of course, they don't vote on the Hall of Fame, uh, but I think so. And I think you're right about Lester Hayes. I know Raider fans, especially a lot of the Raiders from the, the golden era, Raider fans think they all should be in the Hall of Fame. And I understand that. And I get it because they that, that collective unit uh, was so good. And Lester Hayes was certainly had amazing years. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be tougher to get him to get in, uh, even on the senior um, uh, selection committee. But but perhaps he will. But I, I, I wouldn't bet on it just because the Raiders, have, again, even if you think there's still a lot more that need to be in there, I think they've had a nice run over the last several years. And so I just don't think it works in their favor, um, but we'll, we'll see how that all goes down uh, with that. But congratulations to both of them for being semifinalists. That's amazing in itself. And I think people should be excited about it. Uh, all right, Mo. So for the remainder of this first segment, um, I want to talk about your story. And I know you've been talking about it on the air with, with, with a bunch of different shows, but it, it really was a great piece. And this was uh, your piece on uh, over-unders for the Raiders for 2022. So this is, you know, you, you're seeing predictions about rosters. You're seeing predictions about record. And I promised, Mo, we did it last year. I'm not making a record prediction this year. I'm just not doing it. No win loss record for Scott this year. No, I'm just gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say when we get to that show uh, on the Odyssey uh, podcast network when we move the show over uh, and we do that show at the end of camp, I will talk about if the Raiders make the playoffs and where I think they go. But I'm not getting into the record thing. I'm just not gonna do. It. Um, but but that's you- what gets everyone buzzing. Everyone wants to know where you, where you see the Rays record, but we'll, well, we'll maybe I'm just setting it up so that they get all excited <laughs> when I change my mind. Um, but, but you did, I mean, you went through a bunch of different categories like Derek Carr, will he have over or under 30 passing touchdowns? You had also Devonte Adams with 1300 receiving yards. Uh, and then the 20 sacks combined between Jones and Crosby. You had a lot of great um, uh, predictions here and, and, and not all Raiders fans liked your prediction because they all think that they're all going to happen and go over. Uh, but let's start with what I wouldn't do, which is I won't do a uh, record prediction. One of yours that you had on here that I know, um, it fits in line a little bit with Vegas. You're a little higher than Vegas here, but, uh, over under eight and a half wins for the Raiders. And, and for you, you said over talk about why the Raiders finally put it together, maybe even get past 10 wins this year well last two years i've taken the over on the raise and i've been correct uh, but i'm just looking at it this year because I, I tried to carry over a lot of what happened last year just looking at it this year i think the roster is good enough to at least split with each of their division rivals despite the additions that the Chargers and denver broncos have made despite the chiefs sweeping them last year i think they can at least split with each of their division rivals they also have i don't want to call them cupcake but you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, I, I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be better than a lot of people think. I just don't think they're playoff contenders as the Raiders are. I believe they get the Houston Texans coming off of a bye week. Mm. Uh, they, have, they get the Arizona Cardinals without DeAndre Hopkins, who's going to serve a six-game suspension. So they, they have the Seahawks. So they have some games that they should be favored in that they should win if they're going to be a playoff team and i think it the way it pans out is if again if they split in their division and they take care of business outside of their division and beat the teams that they should be that they're better than on paper then they should go over eight and a half and have another winning season 
So good stuff, Mo, and make sure you check it out. Uh, follow Mo on Twitter, by the way, at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N, and you can find it there on his feed, the, the story up on Sports Not, the Las Vegas Raiders, six over-under predictions for 2022. Mo, we're going to say goodbye now to, I know you're on just this one segment with us, but we are going to be starting our new show next week. We're going to do position breakdowns. We're going to start with, gee, I wonder, the offensive line. That's going to be fun to talk about, isn't it? Definitely going to be fun because we don't know a lot about what's going to happen at maybe three or maybe four of the positions. So there's a lot to break down there. There is. All right. So make sure you catch us. Mo will be uh, with us next back next with us next week on the Odyssey Network uh, for Silver and Black today on the podcast. Mo, my friend, I'll talk to you coming up next week for the new show. Fresh, brand new. I'll have a beard. So when you guys see me next time, I'll, I'll beard. Have- mini james harden look now yeah there you go <laughs> but we'll be back on air and it'll be fun to go start the basically start our season our nfl season as, as it pertains to the raiders that's right we'll be officially one week from camp so we got a lot of stuff to talk about and what we're going to expect for camp all right we're going to step aside when we come back we're going to roll on with segment number two including i'm going to bring to you a great conversation we had just a few years ago with the great Phil Villapiano. Wanted to give you a nice little gem on our way out as Silver and Black today says goodbye to the Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Silver and Black today. The autumn wind is a pirate. Blustering in from sea, With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather-beaten. Now back to Scott and Moe on Silver and Black tonight on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back. Silver and Black tonight here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The final half hour, or less, 20 minutes to be exact, of our show here on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Just again, want to thank all of Southern California for listening. It's been a great year on the air here. Again, we will continue on Silver and Black today, uh, an Odyssey original podcast. You can go sign up wherever you get your podcast. Just search Silver and Black today. You'll be able to sign up going three times a week. Two of those during the week and post-game show, whenever the Raiders play, we will be on after the game talking about the game. So stay with us. If you've been here, thank you again. Another special thanks. I know I've said it a lot, but i got to do it again. Bill Hagen, the Mightier 1090, Scott Kaplan, my good friend, uh, who brought me over to do this show and to give Raider Nation in Southern California their only talk show. So we appreciate that, and we will continue on. I wanted to play a classic segment this last one uh, from one of my favorite Raiders and a guy I know you all love, Mr. Phil Villapiano, also known as Foo. This was from uh, a couple years ago when Phil was on the show with myself and my former co-host uh, Q Myers, who now hosts his own show as the program director out at Raider Nation Radio in Las Vegas. So here is our interview, and I'll come back and talk to you ab- after that, but enjoy this great conversation with Phil Villapiano. So listen, you may not have heard the election results 
for the winner of the title of Honorary Mayor of Las Vegas, Q. But our next guest is that man. That's what I call him. I've been calling him that for about a year and a half, two years now. And not only that, he's one of the greatest Raiders in history. A man who was the 1971 AFC Defensive Rookie of the Year, went on to play 13 seasons in the NFL, won a Super Bowl with the Raiders, their first in 1976, which of course just recently was named the greatest Raider team of all time. That is none other than our man, Phil Villapiano. Phil, welcome to Raider Nation Radio. Well, thank you very much. I'm very excited to be on the Raider Nation Radio. And uh, tell me about the Raider Nation Radio. (laughs) (laughs) Are Are we global? You know, I really heard something cool this morning. When those two astronauts came down from uh, wherever they've been for the last, uh, uh, they missed the pandemic anyway, <laughs> and they said, we came back into Earth, something, uh, we came back to Earth, I'm like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> we came back to Earth, so I kind of thought that was cool, so tell me about the Radio Nation Radio, is it as big as that? Well, you know, we, we think it will be, especially, uh, Phil, as you know, you're really close to the fans. The fans love you, fans of all ages and generations. And I'll tell you what, for the first time, you know, with the Bay Area, everybody, of course, you, you, you appreciate the fans in Oakland. They are part of the nation. At the same time, yeah. they never got a lot of attention on the radio. JT the Brick, who goes on right before us, was talking about that, saying, hey, listen, this team has not had the coverage and, and really the fan-focused media so that you could hear people talk about the Raiders and talk to folks like you. And so now with the radio station here, the flagship station for the Raiders here in Las Vegas, it's all done. And now we can talk all day long about the silver and black. Wow, that's, that's, that's pretty cool. And you know, you're, you're right. And, you know, being from Jersey, I mean, I... I I remember when I, the day I got drafted, and, and and my girlfriend was in the room with me, and I said, get the Atlas, where's Oakland? <laughs> I didn't even know. I knew it was in California. I just didn't know where it was, you know? No. So you're right. The, the Raiders have probably never gotten even close to, you know, the hype and, and the craziness that's going to happen once we get to Vegas. So, uh, I mean, I love Oakland to death, but... I think you know the time was the timing is perfect to get to Vegas and explode this franchise and win a few more Super Bowls, which is the reason we're going. Exactly, and and Phil, I'll tell you what. I mean, you are the honorary mayor. I've given you that title, so so we're. we're, I know. I love that. We're going to get you one of those sashes, so when you come here, you can wear it. Um, But we have to we have to teach the new listeners your prayer. Do you remember the prayer you taught us on our on our old show uh, a few years ago about the Chiefs? You know what? I I hate to tell the listeners, but (laughs) sometimes I get on the radio and I get going crazy, and I don't even know what I. <laughs> so this morning you sent me a message, so you got to do your prayer. I've been thinking about this all day. I remember it was funny. I remember <laughs> we hate the Chiefs uh, above. We hate the Chargers. We hate the Broncos, but the Chiefs, we hate them. But I can't remember the prayer. Well, give well, me the prayer. I'll give it to you. you. Remember? It was, well, yeah, and 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 you know, growing up, uh, you know, I'm I'm half Italian. You you're obviously Italian. You grew up in the Catholic Church as a kid. You learn how to say all the prayers, right? So Phil took he kind of riffed on one prayer that we all know, and he said, "Our Father who art in heaven, I hate the Kansas City Chiefs." That's that's it. <laughs> 
right? <laughs> it's it's simple, and it's Beautiful. now now Las Vegas Beautiful. knows this prayer now, and now Q, my partner here, Phil, now Q knows it, right? Q, so you you're ready to pray, right? Yeah, I can pray that all night, man. That's a good prayer. I like that one a lot. <laughs> that is great. That is great. You know, but back um, when I grew up, we had a guy. His name was Father Marcelino Romano. That was his name. I will tell you, was that he didn't even speak English, <laughs> but he would like that prayer. Yes, he would. That's good. He didn't like the cheese. Now, Phil, real quick, when we go, we talk about training camp. Now, the training camp this year with everything that you and all of us have been going through with this pandemic, it's like no other training camp. Now, when you were in training camp, you used to have air hockey games, correct? And, oh, yeah. And they were notorious. Now, if younger fans haven't read about them, I'll let them go read about them because we can't talk about it all on the radio. But being a bit on the rowdy side, can you imagine being in training camp right now, Phil, where you can't do, I mean, literally, you can't do anything, you can't go anywhere because you're supposed to stay distanced and you have to mask. Can you imagine you and Ken Stabler having to be locked up right now at training camp? No. <laughs> no, I, 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 it's just amazing what's happened and, you know, when, when the guys went in, I guess it was like a week ago they win, I went, oh, yeah, I forgot football season's coming. It's almost like this whole world is so surreal right now. And, I, you know, I've been watching the Yankees play the, uh, the last couple of weeks here, and, and I'm starting to get used to no, no spectators. And uh, mm-hmm. the Mets, uh, I don't know if you see ever watched the Mets, you probably don't because you're in Vegas, but, hey, they put, they put those um, – you know, you could buy your face and put it in the stands. So Mets are making money off this. So yes. I think it's kind of crazy that, you know, that, that people are in training camp. No, I can't imagine the, the snake and, or any any of the Raiders of my, my era staying home one night. So I guarantee you, let's not fight. Let's not be, be naive. Raiders are Raiders, and these guys are finding a way to have fun. We're just not hearing about it yet. (laughs) But we will. We'll definitely hear about it. We will. Phil, I got to ask you, you mentioned the fans in the stands or no fans in the stands with the Mets. The Raiders have announced that they're not going to have any fans in Allegiant Stadium this year, and that's disappointing, but it makes a lot of sense. What does Raider Nation, you're close to Raider Nation, what do they mean to you? What's the fan base mean to you? Oh, I think think it's wonderful. But, you know, I read Mark's comments this afternoon, and, Hey, well, you, you got to do that. You just, you just can't, you, you, you just can't jeopardize, you know, some stupid person coming in there. Because hey, if he's got tickets and he's got tickets to a game, and all of a sudden he gets COVID the, the week before, he's going to that game. It'll probably, you know, infect the whole airplane and the hotel and the casino and then the the, the, the stands. So I just think we got to wait for the vaccine. I think this year is going to be a crazy year. Uh, but I, I think, uh, you know, I mean, I know Mark's doing the right thing. You, you just have to be careful. I, I just got invited to this golf tournament a few minutes ago, and and it's for the boys, Boy Scouts back here. And I swear they must have 50 regulations. For me, wow. to spend $650 to go and have six, you know, 50 regulations, I don't think so. <laughs> but that's the way it is right now, and I – it's it's crazy, but it but it's true, and we're all living it. So hey, the nation means a ton to me, and look, and all the nation I'm sure is going to be in every bar in the country 
you, you know, and they're, they're not going to have their masks on. They're going to be screaming and yelling. Nobody, <laughs> it's not going to be the right thing, but that's what we're probably going to end up doing. No, I appreciate that. Again, we're talking to Raiders great Phil Villapiano. And two words, Phil, when I look back and we think about you as a player on the field, as a linebacker, besides your speed, especially, man, during that time you were you were lightning quick, uh, was mean and nasty, right? So you look at the Raiders 2020 – they invested money and effort into your old position, linebacker. It's been it's been tough for the Raiders linebacker the last several years. They go out, they sign Corey Littleton, Nick Kwiatkowski. It's a position that's been thin for them. How much are those two guys going to make a difference on that defense, and how happy are you that they've invested in that position? Yeah, I'm really happy, and I, you know, I, I was, I, I, you know, let's let's back it up a year. I thought they invested in perfect last year. Uh, and I, I really, really was enjoying the way he was playing. I think he really got screwed. Um, you know, that was not by any means uh, a hit that should be, get you thrown out of the league. That, that was stupid. But he did have a track record. But now we're, now we're in, I think we're investing in a, in a couple more linebackers that are uh, play a little more of a classy type of game, but a very good, brutal football mean and nasty type of game, as you said. And that's exactly what the Raiders need. If you can't stop anybody, you, 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 you know, it's not even close. This, these offenses are so good. You better, you better go out and invest a lot of money in your linebackers and your defensive backs and your defensive line. Look, look what that defensive line did for the 49ers last year. Oh, Incredible. Yeah. And, and here comes the Chiefs going out and investing in their defense. We got a ways to go before we can beat them. We're going to, I mean, I know we're going to try hard. I know we're going to hate them a lot, but that team, wow. They're going to be so good this year, and uh, we got a long ways to go to catch them. But a good a good start with our two new linebackers. You're absolutely correct. Phil, before before we let you go, just end this a little bit. You played for a lot of obviously a lot of great coaches over the course of your career. A lot of great leaders that you've been around. Um, the the job that John Gruden and and Mike Mayock have done together, and the relationship that they've forged, it's really, in my view, it's starting to really click. What are you seeing from it, and what is it about those two guys together that works so well? Well, you know, I was uh, uh, I want to back this up to when. John took the job. The team was let's let's say thin at best. They, I don't think they could. Have, they were horrible. But anyway, <laughs> uh, and and, and it, it, it just to see John have to stand on the sideline and and and, and, and wait and lose and wait and lose and then you got your number one best defensive player in the NFL not coming to camp and and all the things he's been through and then that jerk last year that came in with the balloon and the and the sore feet. I mean all this crap. <laughs> I look at him in Mayock and I say, You guys are almost there and I, I talked to John not long ago and I said, Coach you know, and and I think it was right after we got our linebackers. And I said, Coach, we got players now. And he goes, Philly, this one's on me. So he's uh, Coach John Gruden, and, and he's not backing down. And he knows he's got to coach hard this year and coach good. And he got Mayock bringing in the guys. 
I think this team could surprise some people. I just wish we had our 60,000 people dressed in black there every <laughs> Sunday because I think that would really put it, put it over the top a little. All those spectators are so important to winning football games. So uh, we're not going to have those, but we're going to have Gruden and we're going to have Mayock and we're going to have, you know, we're going to have a, a car and we're going to have, I love my little, my Clemson receiver and I love, and I love it. Oh my God, we got a runner. We got, we got so much good stuff going on. And now we got a couple linebackers. I think the Raiders are primed for a great season and we're going to take down the, take those Saints down open at night. I can't wait. <laughs> Talking right now with Raiders, Raiders great Phil Villipiano on uh, Raider Nation Radio. And, Phil, I got one more question for you. As far as the players that have been brought in, are you starting to see a little familiarity with the old-school Raiders that got a little bit of swagger, a little toughness, a little nastiness to them? <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. You know, we didn't win a whole lot of games last year. But, you know, we've, we know how to look like we got the swagger. <laughs> and I was in when I was at the alumni weekend last year. I, I might have got fooled a little bit because when you got the swagger, you win. So we need to win this year, and I'm going to be very proud of our guys when we do that. We we take the ball and go right down the field, and then, and then stop them on defense the way you're supposed to do it. Then I'll be going to be talking about swagger. But we do have a good look to us. We got a lot of great players. Uh, and you know we got we got Gruden and Mayock, but let's not talk. Let's let's not forget about Mark Davis with that mm-hmm. unbelievable fan friendly stadium. Oh my God, I can't wait! I get I, I, he, he I, he's going to be dying this year not not putting the the, the fans in there and seeing the, the crazy black hole go wacky in Vegas. So it's all hey, the table is set. This year is going to be a little different. I think. Uh, the swagger. I think our quarterback Derek is going to is going to uh, light him up this year. We, he's got all kinds of receivers to throw to. Got great speed. Oh my God, we got great speed this year. <laughs> we have big guys. We got a huge offensive line. We got a great runner. My God, boys. Well, I might have to predict <laughs> we're going to take down the Chiefs because we hate Ooh. them so much, and then we'll get, and then we're going to take down whoever's waiting for us at the end of that tunnel. All right, nice. Raiders great, Phil Villapiano. Phil, it is always a pleasure. Always enjoy talking to you. And I was looking forward to seeing you this season. That might have to wait a little bit of a while. But thank you so much. Take care of yourself, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. And I got my brick because I did. Uh, we did uh, Villapiano's invested in the stadium. We got four seats. We were ready to come. And, uh, well, we got to wait a year. That's all. I may sneak in that place, though. I just may be in there somewhere. Uh, my money's, but, uh, my money's hey, on you. Thanks for having me, guys. And anytime you need me, call me. All right. Thank you, Phil. Phil Villapiano. Well, there you have it. If you haven't heard interviews with Phil Villapiano before, uh, as you can tell, he is a blast. He is such a great ambassador for Raider Nation. And more than that, I think this the most important thing with Phil Villapiano, besides being just a great family guy, uh, and shout out to his kids, including Andrea, who always helps us get interviews with him, his daughter, is the fact that Phil really values, appreciates, and I mean, really loves the fans of Raider Nation. So whenever he gets the opportunity to interact with fans or go to an event where he uh, can be around fans, he does it. And that's so refreshing. Uh, Here's a guy 
from the golden age of Raiders football. And he spends the time. He understands the importance of it. He loves to talk about the Raiders. Now, he also played for the Buffalo Bills, and he's great with Bills fans, too. But he is a Raider through and through. This guy just lives and breathes Las Vegas Raiders football, and it's just a blast to get him on. And I promise you, we will have him on the new show that we will kick off next week on uh, the Odyssey Podcast Network through 2400 Sports Studios, as you guys may have heard as I keep plugging because I want you guys to know where to find us. Uh, But it's going to be a blast over there. And again, we appreciate the opportunity we had here at the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Growing up as a kid in Southern California and listening to uh, the greats of the station, including Lee Hamilton, and then later on, Scott and Billy Ray and those guys. It's been just unbelievable to share the airwaves with Jim Rome, to share the the airwaves with Scott Farrell and and all these guys, Arash, Markazi, all our colleagues, Ryan over at LA Football Network, the guys at the Charity Stripe. It's just been a blast. So we appreciate you guys spending the time. But don't forget, go to your favorite podcast provider, whether it's Apple, Spotify, iTunes, I already mentioned, Google, um, or Stitcher, wherever you get it. You can also check out the, the free Odyssey app where you can find that. But we're really excited. Uh, our big first week is next week on the podcast. We're going to have some great guests. And I know Phil will be on the show soon. So if you like that interview, our classic interview with Phil Villapiano, there's going to be lots of that. We'll have a post-game show every week. Join me and my partner, Mo Moten. We'll also have a cast of other characters, including our producer, uh, David Stepanian, who will sometimes be on the show as well. Uh, and the entire team, Danny and the guys at the Odyssey Podcast Network, we're really excited about it. So, Southern California, we're not leaving you. We're just changing a little bit of how we deliver the show. So we appreciate that. One last thank you, of course, to Bill Hagen and the great Scott Kaplan. For everyone here at Silver and Black today, Raider Nation, we'll see you on the other side. Take care of yourselves this week.